dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. This is really, I, like, I thought about you a lot after I watched this episode, and I was really disappointed that you missed out on it. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. Well, I do know that the one emotion that comes to most people's minds when they think about me is, in fact, disappointment. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. do. Welcome to Before the Dragon Podcast. We're sitting down and talking about some news that we got back on June 16th of 2022. I'm Matt Murdick. I'm joined by Axel Foley, who is at WXFoley on Twitter. More importantly, he's from DVRpodcast.com. We'll introduce him in just a second. Don't forget, at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter, Matt's audio blog at gmail.com that's m-a-t-t-s audio blog at gmail.com and of course you can find everything that i do no matter who it's associated with i've done lots of stuff for lots of people lately and so you can find it all at matt's audioblog.com m-a-t-t-s audioblog.com it is my pleasure to talk about some it's not really breaking news anymore because it's been around for a few days but it is still new news, and it's uh, something we thought we'd cover for this podcast. I've been joined by Axel Foley. Axel, how you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic, Matt. I am very excited to be here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this up on podcast Winterfell too, the sure. uh, the uh, podcast that you are the creator of and welcome on at any moment, even if we're in the middle of a podcast and you text. <laughs> I want to come on the podcast. We're re-recording. Matt wants to come on. Um, I am excited to talk about this. I'll let you introduce what we're talking about, but I'm, I'm loving it. All right. Well, this is exciting news for people who uh, were kind of turned off. Some of people were turned off by the news of the fact that HBO had said at one point that there was going to be no more word on any of the characters that survived the series Game of Thrones, the way that they had ended it. And uh, just as many people who were upset about the ending itself, uh, which we won't discuss here too much, but there was a group of people who were actually upset with the fact that there would be no possible chance of spinoffs for anything like that as they were talking uh, in this way, as HBO was talking in this way. And what we found out on June 16th, according to the Hollywood Reporter, is that the network has entered into a early development phase centered on Jon Snow, who, of course, is a surviving Game of Thrones character. Not only that, but the Hollywood Reporter uh, actually reported also that Kit Harington is reported to be attached to the project. So this would make a total of like seven uh spinoff things that hbo <laughs> is going off like uh there's a guy that is <laughs> this he uh that's going to be in the house of the dragon uh a character corlys valerian yeah. or valarian pardon me uh that is going to be uh have his own show uh which i think they've renamed now to the sea snake um uh, that's one's going to be done by somebody who we're very familiar with axel bruno heller who did rome yep. Um, there's going to be uh, another series about Nymeria, who was the princess that basically founded Dorne, not not the dog, Dorne, not the dog. Uh, we don't want to get our Nymerias mixed up. 
there's going to be a series on one of the existing uh, novella series that George has put out called Duncan Egg. All of these are live action, according. And then there's going to be like three more uh, animated series as well. And one is about something that really we just heard about mostly called uh, Yeti in uh, the world of ice and fire books. Although I think it might've been mentioned briefly in a song of ice and fire proper also at any rate, a whole slew of stuff is, has been coming down the pipe for a while, but nothing that had to do with any of the characters from the original series. So Axel, after I do all of that rambling, I'm going to make you ramble for a little bit. Tell me your reaction. Well, I know part of your reaction because you, you were the one who actually alerted it to me by texting me the story on Thursday night, but uh, how did you feel when you found out that we might get a series about Jon Snow? I was elated. I was excited. I'm happy about it. I'm glad that Kit Harrington is attached to it. I hope that that means that he'll be a part of kind of the ideas and creation. And I think whenever an actor can have that kind of stake, maybe he'll be an executive producer and such, you know, I think that that allows for a more creative environment. Hey, we both know there was a lot of people that didn't like the last season. And for a lot of people, this could be a, um, people may see this as HBO kind of, you know, walking back in order to make up for that, or it's a cash grab or to me, these things are all separate from the actual product we get, right? When we sit down and we watch it, are we going to like it? And I am excited enough about the character of Jon Snow, what it could represent after all he's been through and who he is at the end of Game of Thrones to see where it goes. And also, you know me, Matt, I love the snow. I love the ice. Yeah. I love the crazy creatures. I, that For me, it was never really, I always favored the White Walkers over the dragons. I kind of always wanted more White Walker stuff. And that's where I had a lot of crazy theories and stuff. And there's already a bunch of crazy theories out there about what this, what we could possibly see in this. But overall, I feel like they gave us the largest televised production, maybe the largest film production in the history of anything, in the history of time. It was all over the world, so many characters so many people involved and it was a great high class production so i'm i'm willing to give it a shot and i'm excited because i love the story i can't yeah. find myself now as you said there has been some adverse reaction even to this oh, simply yeah. because uh people who didn't like the way that season in eight ended are now saying, well, if they're going to do something like this, they need to wait until George puts out his next book so that they can revise the <laughs> Jon Snow character. That's and I think something that, that HBO is going to stand firm on personally, and I think they should because it creates franchise continuity throughout all of the things that they're attempting to do. You don't go back and rewrite season eight just so that you can have a Jon Snow series. Instead, you put Jon Snow in that same world that you ended in. Yeah. Uh, I th feel like you have to do that. And I think that anybody who thinks otherwise, um, well, they're not going to be happy. You know, that's just the way that it is. 
and uh, that's fine. It's everybody's, it's our, anybody in our listening audience who um, feels that way. I, I know Axel, you and I have made it perfectly clear to both of our audiences that we felt that the series ended just fine. Um, it was better that it ended um, than uh, something that hasn't had an installment given to us in, in over a decade. <laughs> and I'm talking about the book. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Matt. And I, hey, we, we all, if people are listening to this, they know the background. They know that Dan and Dave did want to end it. We all feel there was a certain rush to it or whatever you're going to say. It changed in a certain extent. They didn't have the books to rely on. They didn't have the master storyteller to tell them where to go. And they didn't always make the choices that he would make or that the audience was as excited about being made as they were in previous seasons. That's okay with me. I just recently did a rewatch and I loved it. I enjoyed it. It definitely becomes more epic, bigger. I think now returning to something like this, a story about Jon Snow, it speaks to at least starting smaller again and building up to that epicness because a lot has happened. And I think we don't know how we're going to find the world, but if it's a story about Jon Snow, there's probably going to be a fair amount of him being alone or not wanting to be around people or, you know, introspection. So I, I actually think he's a great character to choose to do this with. Um, and, I think so too. And here's yeah. why, Axel, let me just say, I think it's a great character to do it with because I think people are getting too focused on where his story ended and they're forgetting that his banishment isn't too north of the wall. His banishment yes. is merely from Westeros. He yep. can go anywhere. He could go to Essos, any of the countries in Essos that we haven't even seen. I think it's a potential of some real good world building that they can use stuff that they got from George in order to create. Yeah, I agree. And also I think in, there are different opinions in, in the end. I'm of the opinion that he, uh, he, cho he chose freely and wanted to go beyond the wall. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and explore it and live a life because the other thing we have to remember is when we talk about game of thrones we're not talking about characters we this isn't like the sopranos or something else where the character was in his 40s 50s 60s i mean john snow was like 20 something like 22 23 <laughs> you know what i mean it's like a young, he's got a lot of life ahead of him even in that world i'm sure it has a lesser life expectancy but you know, he, he's at worst low middle-aged, you know, in his mid-20s. So I think that it's going to be a fun experience to see which direction they take it in. And I think that that introspective part, that part that he was the kind of calm in the center of the storm to create around, mm -hmm. which the show did a fair amount of, um, I think it makes it very interesting to see what happens and you know i i've got a lot of theories and you know there's a lot of stuff from the books there's a lot more past that wall right yeah there's there's a whole uh slew of creatures and and whatever that we never actually saw 
Um, whether they were related to the Night King or not, I don't know. And if we do have a truly defeated Night King, then we don't have to worry about those kind of creatures. But I can think of um, just the fact that they're, they're, you know, most of the dire wolves come from north of the wall. We were told that in the very first episode. Um, how many of them will be friendly to the wildlings? How many of them will be friendly to Jon Snow? There's all kinds of possibilities, and I don't really know how to even ponder that. We should say right off the bat, as is standard procedure, both HBO and George R. R. Martin have offered no comment. But anytime that you read one of George's not a blogs, uh, anytime he talks about any of the, especially just a couple of months ago when he was talking about these animated series, he said he wasn't allowed to talk about them. Um, so that's one of those things that you have to keep in mind. Stories like this to me, Axel, are often leaked somewhat on purpose in order to gauge the buzz for it. Yeah, and then, definitely. You know, so what we have to keep in mind is that uh, we need people to be talking about it. And, and again, to our listeners, it's your opinion one way or the other, whether you want to be talking positively or negatively about it. Um, but the whole idea is that if we get enough people talking about it, then they might consider going past just an early development stage. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, Axel, because I know that you and Andy recently on a DVR podcast talked about this somewhat. You talked about some changes going on at HBO because of yeah, uh, a shift of leadership. leadership. <clears throat> and I wonder if that has um, kind of influenced the decision to now go back into the Game of Thrones uh, structure as well. Because now we're essentially setting up a, a Disney and a Marvel. I used to make that joke a lot that it was, you know, well, HBO is now becoming a Disney Marvel thing where we're just going to keep expanding and expanding with all these new series. Yes. And, uh, the th one thing that seemed to be untouchable at the time was the ending of Game of Thrones because they'd stood very hard on that. But now that we have a new change of leadership, um, is that the very reason that this is even being entertained now uh, at the exec's desk? I think it's possible. And I think within the next week or so, perhaps even by the time, you know, people are listening to this, there'll be more. I mean, this was the biggest show in the world ever, right? right. And I think that every reporter, as soon as I was like calling everyone they know to try to figure it out, there has been a change. This guy, David Zasloff, I think his name is, took over and he used to run like Discovery Networks. And the, the way they do things there is really to milk everything, right? right. To have a million different um, uh, spinoffs and longer episodes and behind the scenes, all this kind of stuff. And people, you've been seeing some things that have been happening lately at HBO. They decided not to go ahead with this J.J. Abrams pilot that they had invested millions in already. Um, mm. There's some other decisions that have been made. They canceled a show that I think you like too, Raised by Wolves, which is a very interesting and weird and arty and crazy show. Did you watch Raised by Wolves? I did watch it, but I did not necessarily like it. It oh, okay. was just, it was too crazy for me, Axel. It's, I, it's nuts. Yeah. I love listening to you talk about it when you talked with other people about it on your podcast, but I just, I would just go, oh man, that's just, that's way too left field for me. I can't, I can't do this. It's just too crazy. Um, I, I can't wrap my brain around it. And that's why I kind of bailed out on it about 
eh, towards the end of season one, the beginning of season two. Okay. That's when I gave yeah. up. I don't blame you. And it got even crazier in season two. And I couldn't even explain to you what the hell happened. But it is a unique visual uh, pushing the envelope, pushing the edge kind of show. And when that wasn't renewed, and it's also Ridley Scott, when that wasn't renewed, people started talking, podcasts, writing articles. Now with this, people are saying, are they doing this just to go back to the well? My bet would be that this has been on the table since before Game of Thrones ended. Mm. I think that they most likely approached all of the actors and actresses, directors, writers, to be a part of this universe. They, they had that plan before the changes happened at HBO. Um, so I think that it, this might just be one of those plans that also works with the new guy's plan, which is to do a million spinoffs of everything. They, as you said, all those shows that you listed, and plus a couple, they did the Naomi Watts pilot that didn't go forward. The long night didn't go forward, and they put money into that because they got people together to talk about it. And and writers are like lawyers; they're on the clock, you know. Right. So right. they're paying people to talk about it. There's a production budget that's put together, a pre-production budget that's put together. A tax ID is made for it. Um, so I think this most likely, I would guess, and this is purely a guess that this is not a result of uh, some of the things that are happening at HBO. Maybe they pushed it forward. Maybe they, you know, like they, they kind of had it and they said, hey, let's, let's do this, kid. Are you interested? Or, you know, they kind of pushed that. But they are already doing a bunch of spinoffs, you know? So, yeah, that's a good point. And part of me wonders also if, if that's not the case, and I think you made a very good case for why it wouldn't be, but I also wonder if if it was something that, you know, Rose Leslie, Kit's wife, is having a tremendous amount of sec, uh, success, <laughs> sex, having a tremendous amount of sex. Maybe or success, both. Maybe both on the tri Time Traveler's Wife. Uh, I adore that series myself, but I just was wondering if it's kind of like, you know, Kit really tried to get out there on his own with other films and, and what have you. And. Uh, maybe it's just that HBO feels a little more like home to him than anywhere else. I don't think he was very well received uh, in the Eternals when he did the MCU, but I, I don't know. I, it's, I, I just feel like, you know, if Kit said, hey, yeah, I'd, I'd do it. Sure. Why not? Then that's where the, the plan, because you can't you, it'd be really hard to do this show unless you get Kit on board. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, Matt, I think it's just like. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of gigs that you've taken that maybe paid a little less, but you knew the club or you liked the crowd or it was, you know what I mean? It felt comfortable to you. He, he's an artist. And I mean, honestly, I don't think any of those people ever need to work again. Probably right? not. They could just yeah. go to freaking fan shows and make money, go once a month and get paid a hundred grand or 200 grand to show up somewhere and sign autographs for two hours. He's Jon Snow. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he'll be Jon Snow. There's people who were like a background character. Uh, my local rogue toys over here, there was a guy who played a background character in The Mandalorian 
that he like convinced them to name the character so then he could claim that he played the guy. Now he's like doing tours around the country, wow. signing autographs, and he's literally in the background of like two episodes. Did they make a and toy for him? Did anybody think, make a toy I think it's, for him? I, I, I bet you because of the, this guy's got marketing savvy, they probably will. And, the la- and I was doing some research. I was like, this guy's smart. He got, the, he got like the tops trading cards to make a card of him. He got like fans, like you're saying, to go on Twitter. They don't need to work. And, you know, when you work with a team of people and you, a, a lot of acting is being part of a company and being part of a crew, and this is a, a Hallmark character, I th- I've seen some people say, hey, this sounds like this could be a cool show, but isn't this bad for his career? Like, shouldn't he try to do something else? And the, the fact might be that he wants to do this. That's what I was thinking too. You know, it's, he it's, loves the character. He loves the, the world and he, he just wants to keep continuing or he, or they're le- my, what I was intro what I said in the intro is I, my thought is that they're probably giving him some sort of input into it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some sort of creative control or, or, an executive producer of more than just in name, or maybe a, like you say, with the relationship that HBO is developed, has developed with his wife, maybe he said to them, Hey, there's a couple, I have a production company. I want to start a shingle. You know, I want to, I want to start making some stuff. And they were like, okay, come do this show for three seasons or something, you know? This could also, I had another thought. I, I'm sorry, Matt, I don't keep on blabbing. Keep but going. The, the way the article was written, this was a huge announcement. And the way it was written, that it so quickly then said, oh, this could mean that other characters return, like mm. this person and that person and Brienne or blah, blah, blah could come back. I kind of feel like this is kind of like a backdoor rebound kind of not reboot but continuation sequel mm-hmm. in the in that maybe the first season will be more about Jon Snow then they start bringing in another character they're going on maybe it's going to be similar to some something like what Disney did with the uh before mentioned um uh Mandalorian where the book of Boba Fett was literally Mando 2.5 and I'll add to that, Axel, what I see when I saw that was not so much about, I mean, maybe you could get Macy Williams to come in and do a guest appearance on one of one of the episodes of Jon Snow. But I think a more attractive pitch, if the artist is, is comfortable with doing so, is setting things up the way like this uh, Obi-Wan story that Disney Plus has set up. Just go. a little mini, yep. a one-off miniseries. Exactly. I, I'd be more than... I, I would bet that if HBO has an opportunity to do something like that with Sophie Turner or Maisie Williams or, or any of the actors that quote survived uh, their characters survived, then I bet they would run with it if they could, as long as they feel Definitely. that they can create a, a good story because, you know, you got to get people to your streaming service. That's the business of the world these days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and don't forget, Sansa was in the staircase. 
on HBO as well. So that's true. That's true. Sure, that relate and HBO has oh for years, even when leadership has changed, they they have always they have tried to create a stable and you see people come in and out. They mm-hmm. keep certain directors that have been through many different series. You know, what's his name? Uh, I think Tim Van Patten had directed has directed like 12 different HBO series. You know, wow, they bring yeah. there's a lot of different people um from the from production to in front of the camera that kind of stay in house. So I think it's very possible that this provides an opportunity for all of these people to make some more cash, come back, have fun with this crew. Maybe maybe there is, you know, Matt, there was the end was divisive publicly as well as critically right like there were people who were just casual fans who didn't you know had something bad maybe they want to kind of end off and on a high note again if they can or Mm. like i said it's just you know it's it's a good company that you want to go back and work with yeah i put out a poll in the last 24 hours from the time that we're recording this. And I, I, you know, I don't have very many followers on my Twitter. Again, that's at the letter B, the number four, the dragon pod on Twitter. But uh, I put out a poll and I got a fairly small sample size of 28 votes. And uh, it was nearly two to one against a Jon Snow series, uh, which tells me that my, tells me that my audience is primarily book readers that were upset with season eight of Game of Thrones. Well, you know, Matt, I think there is generally, um, there is, I feel like there is a backlash now to the sequel, prequel, fill in the blank. You know, I, I yeah. think people are getting a little bit tired of it. I mean, I often even steer my nine-year-old son to original stuff instead of the remake of the remake of the thing I liked when I was a kid. Right. Um, even though, I mean, that's kind of always been American culture. We look at a lot of the movies that we think were original when we were kids were actually remakes of stuff from the 40s or the 20s or, you know. One of the things that America is great at is recycling clothes, yes. music, and film. <laughs> That's capitalism, baby. You got to get suck every dollar you can out of everything, man. As soon as the people forget, you sell it back to them, right? That's right. That's right. You know, oh, you it's back in style. Wait a minute. Exactly. That was in style in the 80s. Yes. Yep. So I think there is that. Ju- and I'm one of those people. I have to admit, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, but, in, but I also do try to take each thing individually. Mm-hmm. And I also do know that there's times... When I've been 100% wrong, where I've said, why are they doing this like stupid? Hey, I can give you an example. When they first announced that they were going to do Better Call Saul, I think I said to myself, what a dumb idea. Everybody's older. <laughs> like they're going to do it. They're, how, what are they going to de-age? I just thought it was like, and also I was like, that character's irredeemable. But look what happened. What I consider to be the best show on TV right now. I absolutely love it. So each production is its own singular thing, but I'm not surprised by that response, Matt. When I got excited, when I first like posted, even on uh, the Daily DVR Facebook thing, I said, "Hey, this." A-, a lot of people are like, "Money grab, not good," or "This could be dumb," or you know, mm. "It's going to ruin something I loved again," or "It's going to destroy my childhood." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like that's my, my favorite. That's my favorite irate Star Wars fan. You've ruined my childhood. My parents worked hard and fed me every day and kept me safe, but now it's all ruined because Darth Vader had a blue lightsaber or something. Like I don't, you know, it's like uh, yeah, it gets it gets pretty hectic out there, man. The following is what we like to call a parody, meaning that it's not to be taken seriously. It's just to have some fun. Book Reader Rampage. You people at HBO, you want to further ruin my franchise? You want to create a story about Jon Snow that doesn't even have the possibility of existing? It can exist because my beloved creator of the source material would never have ended the story the way D&D, who I refer to as Dumb and Dumber, ended that pathetic show. And don't you dare tell me that Dumb and Dumber laid meticulous groundwork giving evidence of Daenerys turning mad as you ruined my season 8, in which all of the predictions I made were merely the result of delusions I created for myself by overanalyzing the word fire in my 27th reread of a series that hasn't had a new installment in over a decade and turned out to be utterly and completely wrong. Because I was wrong, you ruined the series for me. And now, you're going to ruin Jon Snow for me too? Are you going to put a string of evidence together the same way you did for my beloved Danny? Are you going to prove to me that Jon Snow isn't what I know he is? Didn't you try to convince me that burning a woman alive at the end of season one, threatening fire and blood on the city of Karth, and locking people in a vault at the end of season two, unleashing fire and destruction on multiple cities in Slaver's Bay in season three, crucifying men in season four, ruling badly and causing an insurrection, and then fleeing the city conquered in season five? What do you mean the music's over? The music can't be over. I'm not done yet. Start it again. Start the music again. Destroying the very heart of Dothraki culture in season six. These were evidence enough to prove to me her tendencies towards madness. Remember that my source material tells me exactly what Danny is thinking. And don't tell me that in most stories, the villains see themselves as the hero in their own story. I understand that my beloved source material sometimes presents unreliable narrators, but my Danny is not one of them. She is gold, and she has dragons, which disqualifies every shred of evidence dumb and dumber presented throughout the show. You've already done me this disservice once. Well, not again. I will start a petition that zero HBO execs will ever read and collect signatures that will add up to a whopping 4% of the potential viewers to prove just how loud my tiny, tiny voice is. And of course I will watch the Jon Snow show, if only for the reason that I can take the opportunity to go on Twitter and retweet every single complaint from bot 777 just to show how upset I am that you have ruined this franchise for me. 
all the while I clutch my precious source material in my hand so hard that I give the books a new cover crease. A hardback, a new cover crease. One that already has seven creases in it from the last time that I watched season eight of Game of Thrones. And don't even get me started on House of the Dragon. Book reader, Rampage. Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series <laughs> and the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. <laughs> You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. I do want to mention one thing before I forget. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want to throw too many crazy theories at you because you know I love I love kind of being in the writer's room and coming up with crazy stuff, but I do want to say that. At the end of Game of Thrones, Danny's body is just carried away, you know, and we've seen people come back to life before, mm. and we don't have an we don't have a Night King, but I was kind of in love, with, and you might hate me for saying it, Matt. I was kind of in love with the idea of Danny becoming like the Night Queen or something like that. So, oh my. I, I, now I'm not saying it's going to happen, but People do come back to life in this world. That's true. And I, when, when that happened, I can even remember saying, or someone saying on the podcast, like, they're setting up the sequel. They didn't burn her body. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so I think that I, they I, did leave a lot. Uh, they totally left it open-ended at the end of the series in my mind you know mm -hmm. and that might just be so you get the feeling that the world continues but it does you know there's a lot that could happen that's true i i think the thing that uh after the way people reacted with ridiculous petitions and all of these other things um that maybe <laughs> the decision to not show what happened in there to daenerys is the best thing they ever could have done because I mean, they said, yes, of course she's dead, uh, but they, they can just leave her off the table because I think if they brought, if you brought back zombie Daenerys, then you would really have some book readers screaming up and down. <laughs> but wouldn't that be fun? That would be oh, the best I'd part it. of it. I'd <laughs> love it. You know, I don't, I mean, I know, and gosh, whew, you know, as well as I, there's still, if you, if there's some corners of Twitter that if you, if you go on there and say you thought that that Danny, you know, was not a good queen. They will eviscerate you and get very angry. But that's because people love this story so much, right? Like I can, I, I, both you and I can make fun, but we can make fun too because we're kind of inside of it as well. Right. And we do love it. And I know that if a person, book reader, non-book reader, just a person who's a huge fan of the show, they're invested in it. So. I think when when you say if HBO hears enough, you know, people talking about it, I think you're right because I don't think it matters if the talk is good or bad yeah. because people are going to watch. Yeah, you all know, publicity it, is good publicity, right? right? You, people are going to watch either either to hate it, yep, or to to try or to wait and be impressed by it. So exactly, exactly. Um, yep. I just paid $2 to watch Morbius 
And uh, <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> that was such a bad movie, but it's kind of funny. The first like 45 minutes, you can laugh. Then you're just waiting for it to end. Yeah. But Jared Leto, man, I'll tell you what, you send that guy out for like milk and he would practice for a year before he left his apartment because he really he takes it very seriously you know very seriously wow right on uh so because we've decided that you're going to present this on uh on podcast winterfell as well uh is there any kind of direction for any of this that you want to ask me so that you're the host for a second of your own podcast. <laughs> um, I, no, I mean, I think you've expressed yourself. I think we're on the same page here, Matt. You know, I oh, do there, I'll, okay. I'll ask you this question. Is there any, is there a direction? Say we open in the first five minutes of this show. Is there a direction that you could think that they go that would make you feel as make you upset or angry or feel like they were really screwing this up royally like what's the worst possible outcome for you uh drogon dropping off danny and she starts walking around like a zombie <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding uh no i i don't think that there's anything that would actually uh upset me i mean the thing is is that if you really are a fan of, of all of this stuff, I don't think how you, you know, you can, you, it's fine for people to criticize. It is fine for people to like or not like uh, whatever it is that any provider gives you, including this podcast. And it's fine to yell and scream at it if you wish, but you got to get I, first five minutes. Actually, you got to give something a chance. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you're asking me to if, come up with they, an absolute apocalypse well, like, scenario or something. Well, maybe you maybe it's because I, I, I kind of thought you were making reference to it a little bit that if they kind of change the ending in some way, if they oh. if if they go back in some way um, and retcon you know, that, that we find out, you know, that Bran died of uh, syphilis two days after being king or, you know what I'm saying? Like right. something, you know, uh, he went to Littlefinger's a little too many times. He got excited. But I'm just saying, you know, that is the kind of thing that, that I think for me would be, maybe that would be for you too, if yeah. they tried to retcon the ending. I would rather them keep the ending as it is and just build from there. Yeah. Um, as much as people will probably yell at me for saying that, I mean, it's there. Uh, we're not remaking season eight petitioners. We're not doing that. So why not try to, if, if you're that upset with the story, the way it ended, then why not allow creative people a chance to win your trust back by creating a new story out of that yeah. ending, but not changing that ending itself. Yeah. And because it's not the end, right? It's just the end of a chapter. Yeah. Or, right. Like you can see that it goes on. And that, that was one of the reasons why I also, you know, I think for me, even if I had not enjoyed the ride, which I did, um, I really liked the fact that they kept it so open ending. I, I, I enjoy when series or films do that because for me, it just makes me feel like the world goes on without me. It, it, it was there 
it was bef- it existed before I got to it, right? Like, right. I didn't. See, well, I guess I did see Jon Snow's birth, but <laughs> eventually took a few seasons. <laughs> but uh, you know, we didn't see everybody's whole existence, so that right. makes it feel more alive to me. Um, and like well, I said, and all I think, of the history that's there, Axel. I mean, we didn't see yeah. the wall getting built. Exactly. We didn't see yeah. the the Red Keep getting built. And there's some of that stuff is in George's books, but it, it, you know, it, it, obviously it was established that this is a continuing world and we're just peeping into a little period of time. And I, I love that too, because now you can, even as they're doing with house of the dragon, they're pulling back out they're going back into a place exactly. 200 years before they'll pull out of there again. They can go to a place 200 years after if they want, I suppose. So yeah, it just it relies on good story. Yep. You know, it, yep. it, it just relies on you being along for the ride. And uh, I just, I really do think that Jon Snow is a good way to go. I think it provides an, also, in a sense, a uh, an open to those past stories. Like you're saying, maybe they can take some of the stuff that they had for that long night series that they original was the original first new series that they talked about um that they decided not to go ahead with and they can recraft that into it you know because the thing about um john is because of his connection to the world through the houses right through being um both a targaryen uh and um whatchamacallit, uh, a Stark, a Stark is sorry, a Snow, a Stark. He, you can kind of feel the history through him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good, that, that might be another thing that they do that, you know, the six episode Jon Snow series ends up with a couple of episodes that actually take place in the past and just do a little bit more world building and I would be cool with it. It's this, kind of the same way I feel about the Star Wars shows. Are they the best thing that was ever made? No. Are they fun? Do they look great? Do I get to be in a world that I enjoy? Yes. So that's how I take each thing individually, you know, and judge it for its merits. And even though I still don't understand the plot of Obi-Wan, I'm having fun watching it. I don't know what's happening. They just keep on going places. <laughs> and like All of a sudden he rescues someone or, you know, I was just like, okay, cool. You know, he's running around sand dunes while Darth Vader chases him. But it's just, you're kind of like, okay, this is neat. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to change my life when I'm watching Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they've ruined my childhood, Axel. It's all ruined my childhood, Axel. I'll never get it back. I'll never get it back. I'm not sure that I could have before, but definitely not after Obi-Wan is aired. They created Uh, time travel just to ruin your childhood, Matt. They they did. did Those darn prequels and (laughs) Obi-Wan and Han Solo, all of these things that I, I, you know, before renting theaters, uh, was a thing I would buy 25 30 tickets for these movies uh, to, for my friends that was my holiday gift to them because they were always coming out That's in awesome. December or, or whatever yeah. and um, I never had a bad time watching any single one of them 
I mean, yeah. if you want to say that one film was better than another, fine. But, uh, you know, I did for me, it was about the experience of just experiencing the film with friends. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my son loves the prequels. Those are his favorite. Right on. Well, they look better. He loves them. Yeah. He, he thinks they're exactly because he when I try to show him Star Wars and they're also. They are of a different time when they they were i don't know how to say blockbusterized in that star wars is told in a very slow the story rolls itself out right you just get little pieces right mm -hmm. um the prequels are more like cartoons and that's what he loves too because he likes to clone wars and right so for a different generation it's a whole different thing just like you know it's like we talk about when after house of the dragon has its run if someone watches that first, they're going to, as soon as they start watching Game of Thrones, they're going to be like, yeah, I can't wait for the bad guy Danny to show up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because they'll see how crazy the Targaryens are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they'll have a different impression of it. So, you yeah. know, it's just all about your own experience, as you say. Right. Um, well, Axel, I don't really have that much more to talk about. If you don't have anything else, we can wrap this up. We will be. Uh, of course, be covering House of the Dragon this coming fall when it comes out. We'll have more news for you regarding that when we get some from Comic-Con, ladies and gentlemen. At the same time, actually, you're going to be really busy for the rest of the summer. DVR podcast is going yeah. crazy with all kinds of things. What yeah, all are you covering? We got, uh, we're coming back with Better Call Saul. Right now, I'm actually doing a Breaking Bad rewatch. I'm going to release a couple more of those. We come back with Better Call Saul. We got Westworld starting June 26th. And then House of the Dragon starts August 21st, doesn't it? So we're literally like two months away. Yeah. It's pretty soon. Coming up quick. We'll jump right into that. And then who knows what's next, baby? Yeah. The world. Jon Snow. It's crazy. DVRpodcast.com, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check it out and check out their Patreon. Check out everything else. Uh, as for me, mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S, audioblog.com. And Axel, I want to thank you so much for joining Before the Dragon. And if you're putting this on Podcast Winterfell, I am very gracious or very happy and, and uh, gracious that you have allowed me to come back and talk to the people who I used to talk to a lot. And it's been a lot of fun at w axel foley on twitter what is the dvr the daily dvr podcast handle at dvr podcast and what is the westworld podcast handle at westworld dvr right on take care everybody tweet the podcast at the letter b the number four the dragon pod Send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com and find all back episodes and other information at mattsaudioblog.com.